Blog Talk Radio. Are you tired of being sheep? Well, so is he. Get a friend, get informed, and get involved. It's We Are Not Cattle Radio. Good evening and welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I'm your host, Jake Counts. It is podcast number 13, and I am coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, every Tuesday and Thursday night. It will not be this Thursday, though, because I will be celebrating July 4th. I'm toying with the notion of doing a tape-to-air podcast or something of that nature. But um, as of right now, maybe look for it um, closer to next Tuesday. So I'll keep you in the loop. You can check out the website, wearenotcattle.net, for all of the up-to-date details. But, um, wow, um, a lot has happened since I've been in the seat. Um, I do appreciate everybody reaching out to me, contacting me, um, asking me about the show on Thursday. And uh, I took some time off to uh, to be with a friend of mine that I haven't seen in a while. And with my new baby on the way, I might not get any, you know, man time for a long time. So took advantage of the, the long weekend for myself. So thanks for joining me, everybody, on the broadcast tonight. Tons of stuff to get into. Um, Obama is now going around touting carbon taxes, shocker, and also selling the world that, um, you know, we just can't have a bunch of people, you know, being free and and having a bunch of stuff. You guys just can't have a bunch of stuff. See, if you guys over in Africa get cars and stuff, then it's going to ruin the planet. Meanwhile, they're cutting down rainforests, you know, dumping... Sewage everywhere, you know, Monsanto, no, it wasn't Monsanto, was it, um, I think it might have been the one that uh, dumped an entire toxic waste into um, a town in Alabama, I think it was called Anniston, Alabama, that uh, they had their cancer rate go off the charts like almost everybody in in, in the entire town had cancer, and they're like, oops, my bad. But see, that stuff's okay. But micromanaging the population and selling the population that somehow carbon is going to bring about climate change, which is always the the um, the buzzword of the day. First it was global warming, then it was global – wait, first it was global cooling, then it was global warming. Now it's just something really generic. It's just called climate change. So I'm sure that the politicians are definitely not lying to us because they never do that. They always have our best interests at heart and not the special interests that um, that pay for all of their campaigns and lavish trips. And Oh, by the way, um, Obama's trip to Africa is set to cost, um, I think, over $100 million. But meanwhile, yeah, we're just um, – we're not going to be able to help you guys out. You know, we're going to have to raise some taxes. We're going to have to, you know, raise some carbon taxes because that's just the way it's got to be because we gotta, we got to save the earth. The Earth is the new authoritarianism. I figured this out. That as long as you say that it's for the Earth, because I mean, let's face it, we inhabit we inhabit this rock floating around in in the universe. And think about how crazy that is for a minute. We are on a rock orbiting a giant ball of gas with another little rock that orbits us. And we're worried about destroying it, which 
my my theory on that is that um, if we get to a point where we're almost destructive to the earth, the earth will do something to us. It's a living, breathing organism. It grows. It expands. It has life on it that expands. Valleys form. Plates move. All of those things. I think that the, if the earth really got mad at us, it would just off us. And I understand the environmental impact. Believe me, I understand the longevity. But what I don't understand is siding with something just because it makes you feel good. And that's what a lot of that stuff is. I mean, nobody wants to be nobody wants to be the culture or the or the nation state that was I guess the progenitor of the the global destruction. I mean, that's that's why you don't have any nuclear wars or anything like that. Nobody wants to start that stuff. I mean, governments are are just human beings in fancy suits. Whether they're here, whether they're over in Russia, whether they're in China where they wear uniforms, it doesn't matter. I mean, they're all human beings at the end of the day. So doing some soul-searching over the last couple of days, I've come to realize that I've become pretty cynical towards the masses. And I want to apologize to my audience for that because this is not what supposed to be about. Liberty is not supposed to be about demonizing people. It's not supposed to be about you know, talking down to a group that's not informed or doesn't care to be informed. It's Liberty is about trying to unite under one goal, and that is to, to live free. And getting us to a free society is going to take, it's going to have some bumps. We're just going to have some bumps in the road. But giving more power to government and giving more power to politicians and giving more power to corporations is not going to deliver you to freedom. It's going to deliver you to servitude, which is what we have now. I mean, it's just it's a different type of feudalism. You look at the uh, the American establishment, and there are only other com- couple of countries rank even close to us as, as far as a, a wage disparity. And then you have somebody like a Barack Obama that comes in and talks about how they're going to shorten the gap between wage disparity. And their idea is to just make everybody poor. And it's not Obama per se. It's it's the factions that, that run and control that portion of the paradigm. Now this has been a plan for a very long time to equalize the United States. Because once again, we were basically under a contract – you know, we had a contract, a set of laws. We were established by a contract. It's like, okay, if every person that lives in this society has to abide by these rules. And it was there before funny guys in suits. It was there with people that came from great tyranny. And yeah, they didn't they didn't include the slavery part of things, but you know what? That was actually debated over. So I don't I, I'm tired of hearing people talk about that. Like well, if the Founding Fathers were so great, why, they, why didn't they outlaw slavery? Well, they debated it, and they just didn't think it was the right time. It's like, why didn't gay marriage happen you know, in the 50s? Because they weren't ready for it. They're not ready for free individuals, free thinking. And what you see now is the slow degrade into the clampdown. Every regime goes through it. Every nation state that falters, every dying empire goes through the clampdown. And that's what we're facing here in America is the clampdown. You have journalists being being killed or dying suspiciously, and nobody in the media wants to talk about it. So it's one of those things where you don't have to you don't have to 
be really tuned in with what's going on. You just have to understand that that when you see police arrest a man for filming them and then shoot his dog because the dog doesn't know what the heck just happened to his owner because his owner was just basically captured. That dog is going through an animal instinct that every every human being should have. We should all have that. It's like, wait a minute, why are you arresting that guy? Well, because he was filming us do a drug raid. Really? Is that what America has turned into? Is that we all have to be arrested is that we're all incarcerated already and that you guys are just the wardens in in the black uniforms? Is that what this is? Are we really cops and robbers? Is that what this is? Is is the conditioning so thick that most cops that, that when they walk around with um with their shotguns and their and their guns drawn and aim at, aim them at civilians that they feel like they're doing the right thing that they're catching the bad guy? We're not a we're not a nation full of children. We don't need a bunch of parents. We're individuals. Now you're going to run into a secular argument where you're going to have people say that, well, Jake, a lot of people can't be trusted because they would just go crazy. Well, let those people go crazy and kill themselves. What do you care? It's not your life. And as long as it doesn't impend on what you're doing, it shouldn't matter to you. But we have become a society obsessed with what everybody else thinks. A society obsessed with appearance, with 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 really petty um, first layer materialism. It's not going to build a great society. It's going to build a decadent one. It's going to build a society full of of degenerates, which is what we're slowly trending towards. I mean, you, you try to you try to talk to people in public or in the general public, and they believe. Because they haven't done any any questioning, they haven't done any research, they haven't done any, um, I guess, thinking for themselves about what's really going on. They just see it and they're like, oh man, that sucks, I'm glad I'm not that guy. And that's what America has turned into. We're, I'm glad I'm not that guy. Ooh, I'm glad I'm not that guy. But eventually, everybody, we're all going to be that guy. If you start running a society like the the population is a bunch of convicts, you're going to get a bunch of really nasty people in charge, and that's what we've got. And then you have somebody like Edward Snowden, or you have somebody, you know, any other whistleblower, you know, come out and expose things that I've exposed on my show. I exposed on my show a year and a half ago what was going on. And nobody came to came to We Are Not Cattle and Jake Counts and said, Oh my gosh, you're you're a terrorist. You're showing confidential documents. They're not confidential. They were all leaked. This all this stuff was public. You just have to read congressional law. I mean, it's amazing to me how much people don't realize what's going on. I had somebody ask me one time, they're like, Well, you know, we, we really should do a gun registration. I said, That's fine. As long as you don't have to make me get a national ID card, you know, I'm I'm not for you know, registering guns just to make you feel better. I'm for registering guns to get them out of the hands of criminals. But what that always leads to is you get a group of criminals. And it's not to say that Obama is this person. It's not to say the next person is going to be this person. People, you need to think about the the opportunity for somebody really bad to get in charge and what you not want them to have. That's how you should govern yourself. And that's how we should govern our nation. It's like, okay, what are the firewalls that we should have? 
Well, I say that everybody should be allowed to have a gun because that's the first thing that they're going to do is if somebody's going to try to rule you or somebody's going to try to dominate you, they're going to take away your ability to fight back. It's like one of the oldest tricks in any kind of self-defense or any kind of combat is to immobilize and incapacitate your attacker. That's it. So just apply that to a bigger scale. That's all we're doing. It's not saying that everybody in the in the United States should have a gun and everybody should have a, you know, 50 caliber and fully automatic machine gun. That's that's your choice if you want to have that. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. You already have to register those big guns anyway. Anything that fires fully auto, you already have to register that and basically give all your rights away to have that. Do I agree that that's going to make this country safer? No. Because the criminals aren't going to do the background checks. They're not going to submit to the FBI. They're going to get it off the black market. So you, you see, we, we run into a conundrum of what is the role of government? And that's what we should all ask ourselves. What is the role of government? The role of government should not be to go and invade countries. The role of government should not be to go and spend $100 million going to some foreign nation and talk to them about carbon taxes and say that they don't get houses or cars because the earth would blow up if that happened. I mean, the propaganda is getting so bad now from the establishment that they literally are telling the people in in Africa that if they modernize, that if they somehow modernize, that the world will blow up. And so I don't know what to say to that. I, I really don't know. And we're running into a situation where there's just... There's nothing that we can do, some say. What are you going to do? Well, I think Adam Kokesh is on the right track, and you know the Founding Fathers said that this is the right track. And that's, if you run into a situation where the federal government's out of control, then you order a, a peaceful exoneration. I don't know if that's the proper term. Just a, pre, a peaceful dis, disassemble of the federal government. I mean, think about this in, in these terms, everyone. If you're sitting there listening to this for the first time, you think that that's an absolutely crazy thing. Well, what do we do about national defense? we got a Navy. It's fine. There's a lot of things that you can form groups about. You don't have to have a federal oversight. Number one is the Department of Education. That's the most ridiculous thing ever because what do you think that – what do you think a government in charge of education is going to do? They're going to teach their kids how great government is. And, and how awesome it is and how it only brings you rose petals and and, uh, and strawberry daiquiris after 5 o'clock. But that's not the case. Government is a monopoly of force, especially the one that we have now. So there's a peaceful disillusion of the federal government that that's what the, the march on July 4th is going to be. And I will be in Atlanta. And shame on all of you people that don't want to be out there. Because I've run into a lot of activists that say they're going to do other stuff. And they're like, well, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And that's fine. I understand. But the reason I, I sound so, I guess, malign in, in my delivery tonight is because we're coming to a crossroads. And it's going to be an absolute car crash if people don't decide that they want to find out what what is going on. Really, what is going on at, at the bottom of all of this? Why is all this happening? Because what you always have throughout history is when you have 
a small collapse or a fragmenting, if you will. If you have, um, you know, a sudden slowdown, you always have extreme groups rise up. I don't consider myself an extremist, even though I joke and say that I'm an extremist on the show. That's not really what I think I am. I'm a person that wants freedom. I want a person that wants liberty. And I want liberty of government. I want as minimal of people to tell me what I can and can't do on this planet. That you have no more right than I do to tell me what I can and can't do on this planet. And that's the way I look at it. I was born with rights given to me by the Creator, whomever you believe that to be. If you're a Christian, it's Jesus. If you're a Muslim, it's Allah. So either we all work in harmony or we're probably going to destroy each other. And it will probably be sooner rather than later. But what really will drive all of this will be tribalism. It's what always happens. It's the root of who we are as people. If we're hunter-gatherers by nature... If we're tribes by nature, what do you think is going to be the default if government collapses? It's going to go back to tribalism. It's going to go back to gangs. That's why gangs are so appealing to people is because it touches a very primitive side of your body. It touches a very chimpanzee-oriented side of your body or your brain that wants that alpha male to lead and wants to be part of a pack. It's like watching Caesar Milan. If you guys ever watch The Dog Whisperer, everything's about being a pack. And that's what they're creating. They're creating packs of people. Now, I want to break from the pack. I think that you're smart enough to break from the pack. I believe that you're intelligent enough to understand what's going on. I'm just laying out the information. I, I posted on my website, if you guys want to go read it, the um, the study on fluoride that had all the neuroscientists and stuff on there, you can go to wearenotcattle.net and look at show notes for podcast number 12. And it'll be there in the hyperlinks, and I'll also put a couple other documents that I covered on there, too. So that being said, it is the second day of July, two days before Independence Day. So what does this all mean? What does Independence Day mean for me? I'm going to look at this Independence Day as being truly independent, as being a true individual. And am I an anarcho-capitalist? Am I a libertarian? Am I... What am I? I don't care. I'm a free human being. And I'm going to be out in front of my capital on July 4th protesting a government that does not agree that everybody is free human beings. And I know that that's a really hippie way to look at it. But if we don't change the dialogue, if we don't change the divide-and-conquer mentality then we'll be perpetually at war. We'll be perpetually killing people that we don't even know who they are. We, with our drone strikes in America, or excuse me, over in Pakistan, we might have killed the next person that was going to, um, that was going to create, um, or was going to find um, cold fusion from the Hedron Collider. We don't know. We don't know. Because there was a supposed bad guy over there with different ideology than us. So we had to take him out. And you have a very you have a very large segment of the population that has a very big disdain for people that don't think the way that they do. Once again, it's the class association slash 
tribalism. So I get very tied up into things. I get upset. I get aggravated. But what I've learned is I'm going to start doing more meditation. I'm going to start trying to focus a little bit more. Because getting on here for four hours a week, and I'm going to actually expand the podcast because I need to do something else. I need to do more. So I'm probably going to go to a one hour, five days a week. So just look for that, and you'll probably see it on my website here in a couple of days. Or if you follow me on Facebook, you're going to see it there. But there's a lot of information to get to. There's a lot of clips that I wanted to play, and it looks like that this one file is stalling on me. So hopefully when I play this other clip that that we'll be able to actually pull this up. But for those of you that haven't read it, please do read it. Agenda 21, I'll post that on my website. Also, if you guys want a copy of it, I'll go ahead and post it in the show notes for this show. But Agenda 21 is the takeover to basically force everybody to live sustainably. And you're going to hear that. And I started hearing that when I was working at a construction firm because that was the new quote-unquote standard was sustainable development. And that came out of when I learned later on, and it came out of a of a um, global confab. I can't remember if it was the one in um, I think it was the one in Argentina. No, it was Rio. Rio, excuse me. So once again, a bunch of guys in suits get together and say that this is the way that the world should be structured. Meanwhile, they suppress free energy technology. And and demonize coal, where China can build you know three coal fire power plants a week, and they shut all of ours down because of carbon emissions. America are the chumps, everybody. We are the chumps of the world. And what's funny is that you see countries like Brazil, Turkey. What are they writing about? They're writing about corruption, and they're writing about um about monetary inequality. So I don't know when that time is going to come from America. I don't know if it's because we've just lived this in an entire life of not having to care about being invaded or not having to care about basically anything. Americans don't have a whole lot to be afraid of, worried about. You, you hear more people get fired up about a dang flu outbreak than you do people getting fired up about a drone strike or people getting fired up about a protest over in in some far country that they don't care about. In Brazil, they had over 2 million people marching today. Or was that yesterday? I can't remember. But that's amazing. 2 million people decided to drop what the heck they were doing. Like, all right, forget it. Let's go out in the street. Let's get some change done. Americans can't do that here. We're too much part of the global combine. We're too much a part of the system. The system's been good to us. It's kind of like the. Um, I, I guess we were kind of. We're kind of like the. Um, if you guys have ever watched South Park, it's pretty funny. But um, the bottom bitch. We're kind of like the bottom bitch, and basically the Fed is our pimp. So we do whatever the Fed tells us to do because they're going to supply us with money and trinkets in order to buy stuff. Meanwhile, they control the money supply, and this is actually a great analogy. Holy crap. They control the money supply. They play the winners and the losers. They determine who gets the banker bailouts or not. They determine. And yes, you're going to have people that are going to say, well, I understand that, you know, I watched a video where um, Adam Kokesh debated a um, a guy about how great um, 
of how great Keynesian economics is, and he talks about what you know Bernanke is doing, and I you know run into you know economists too that we just we share two different views. Your idea of an economy is creating is creating artificial bubbles and getting people to ride those bubbles to to make wealth. I think that that's absolute poppycock. I think it's ridiculous. I would like a sustainable planet, but I would also like for the government to get out of the way of free energy research. I would like for you guys to get out of the way of of you know cities exchanging their own currency. I'm tired of government of being afraid of competition. That's what I'm tired of. You know, after Bitcoin had been out and it started to shoot up, and I was actually on the ride for Bitcoin where it went up to $265 a coin, and I bought it at like something ridiculous, like $75 or $80. And so it's on the way up, and you start reading some of the blogs, and they're like, it looks like that they're going to try to spike it and then tank it. And that's exactly what they did. And cryptocurrencies are going to be the wave of the future. And that's what I'm kind of struggling with here. You run into people you know, around the internet or whatever that that are kind of resistant to change. I'm one of the in-betweeners. I understand how incredibly powerful that technology can be. But I also understand, as we've seen over the recent weeks, how incredibly detrimental that can be to our society as well. And you have to have transparency. And that's what we don't have in this country. There is no transparency. There is no accountability. And we have no accountability and no transparency. Corruption is going to run rampant. And that's what we have. And people don't care because it's not affecting them directly. Well, it's going to start affecting you directly. It's going to. Because these people are getting very much out of control. Very brazen with what they're saying. I mean, you take somebody that blew the whistle, and he's not the first to blow the whistle. It's just, a, it looks like a big PR stunt. You know, he's the first one to blow the whistle and run, but William Benny talks about when he blew the whistle on the entire program, that when, and I've played the clip, I'll play that clip here for you guys in a minute because it's just awesome, where he talks about how they can grab every bit and piece of your data and then basically pull it through an actuary. And have a whole map of your life, who you've called, who you've talked to, when you called, when you talked to them, where you were because of GPS tracking on your phone. You name it. And now they're talking about that Snowden's got some more uh, documents yet to be released. And I will go ahead and tell you, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now on my podcast, podcast number 13. And don't think that I'm some grand wizard that I've you know pulled this out of my ass somewhere. But he's going to come out and say that they can take all your metadata and basically understand where you're going to go next. Predictive programming, which is something that I actually wrote a, a short story about when I was in college, is that humans are so predictable in the way that we act, especially once we get something that works. It was a survival tool that we used for a very long time, you know, through thousands of years of, of just being hunter-gatherers and and, and basically feeding off of berries and stuff like that, you would do trial and error. You would obviously take a you know take a bite of the berry, and if the berry killed somebody, then obviously you're not going to take that berry. But you go to the next one, and the next one works. Okay, we're going to stick with this one. This one works, and we're going to branch out. We're going to try this one, this one, and this one. So basically, selectively going through, and whenever you get something that sticks. Why would you go to something else? Like if I found a bunch of blueberries that would that tasted good and, and they fed me and they were abundant, 
Why would I go look for something else? Just be and it just wouldn't happen. So we have a predetermined, basically a pre, I guess you would call it a primal instinct to just stick with what works. And that's why you have so much resistance from the population when you talk about government is because they want to make it something that they control, where in reality it's all out of their control. They want to make it something that they can control the fight over, and they feel like they've won. So when you have a bunch of gay people standing up for gay rights, you know, and, and then they win a, a mild judgment and then go out in the streets and celebrate, it's not that they agree that everything, that gay marriage is illegal. It's not that. It's It's a complete farce from that. But they take that as a victory for their little tribe, and they go out and they celebrate. Well, my tribe is liberty. My tribe is freedom for all people, everyone, gay, straight, bi. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care what you do in your, in, behind closed doors, and nor should anybody else. Because once you start trying to, once you start trying to manage through government what the people around you do, then you create a society like we have now. And that's where we're we're going. I mean, you have all kinds of crazy stuff going on on a daily basis where cops are – I don't mean to poke at you guys, but can you please take off the black uniforms? Can we please do that? That would be the ultimate turning point for me. It's just not look like the fucking Stasi, not look like the SS for once. And I know I said I wasn't going to drop any F-bombs, but that's so sad to me. It's so sad that you walk around in black uniforms, armed to the teeth, like there's people with machine guns ready to take you guys out everywhere. Understand that your childlike intimidation factors are just driving the public to a greater, greater discourse with you. We're not going to stand by your side if you we see you shoot one of our friends at a... Um, at a at a checkpoint. We're not going to stand by your side if we see you guys marching around and throw some guy in handcuffs because he's filming you and then shoot his dog. We're not going to stand by you. And you don't want to fight with the American people. I get that. But quit acting like thugs. And if you're trained to act like a thug and that's the only way that you can have a source of income, then go public. Many people have gone public before. It is time to start turning this around like civilized humans. We need to be civilized. No more of this. I'm going to go out and peacefully protest. Am I going to hang the American flag upside down in front of the Capitol? Absolutely I am. And most people think that's blasphemy. But you know what I think is blasphemy? I think it's blasphemy that we have a private bank loaning our government money at interest that we pay for and then takes $80 billion and goes and puts it in an imaginary coffer because they understand that the, pop, that, that the money supply is getting too big and they can't handle it. And the derivatives bubble is crazy. And I've got news on the derivatives bubble that now the EU is accusing 13 banks of um, derivatives fraud. Shocker. All this stuff's going to come out, people. All this stuff that I've said for two years, that I've told people in private for five years, but two years publicly, or a year and a half publicly, all this stuff is going to come out. It's all going to come out, and how we react is going to determine the fate of this, of this species. You can either take what Edward Snowden did and say that he's a traitor, 
And if you do that, I want you to go live on an island somewhere and beat yourself in the head with a baseball bat. I don't like you as a person because that is the most – that showed me loyalty to government and not to humanity, people that say that. That is not being loyal to humanity. That is being loyal to government, and that is stupid. Why do I say it's stupid? Not because it's stupid because they make the laws or anything. That doesn't bother me at all. If you guys got laws that are decent, hey, I'm for that. and I shouldn't kill my neighbor. Okay, I'm down with that. Oh, I should be able to carry a firearm. Great. I should have people not be able to come into my house and search my stuff illegally, without a warrant, without justified probable cause. Yeah, I'm down for that. But when the government's doing what they do on a day-to-day basis, then you need to take action and not violent action. Peaceful resistance is how we're going to get this. Because as long as we keep the moral authority, and the only way that we keep the moral authority is by having a debate, a conversation, a demonstration, that's how you keep the moral authority. You don't keep the moral authority by going on Facebook and bashing everybody. You don't keep the moral authority by saying you're going to kill all these cops. That's stupid. Stop it. I've seen people, I've seen some of my friends do it on Facebook. Stop. Don't fuel the fire. If you're about peace and liberty, then be about peace and liberty. Say that this man should be, this man should be kicked off the force and arrested. There. That's your justice. I just want justice. I want freedom. And I want humans to start acting like humans, not acting like dumbed-down animals that are just out to try to make the next meal. And I understand it's all the fluoride. I understand it's the GMOs we're eating. I understand that it's all engineered, but we somehow have to break it. We somehow have to break this. I'm coming to you pleading as a free human being to unite with other free human beings and share this message with free human beings and say, listen, this is silly. This is silly. The fact that we have weapons that can actually blow up an entire an entire city scares the crap out of me. You know why? Because I've met people that are narcissists. I've met people that don't have any empathy. And the fact that those guys could get into power and blow somebody up creeps me out. I don't know what else to say. And most of those guys get into government because that's where you can have the most power. And that's what they want. They want power. They don't give a flying rip about money. If they cared about money, they'd just go steal it from somebody because they have no empathy. Think about that. Think about how mind-blowing that is to not have empathy. If I wasn't empathetic, I could literally walk next door, you know, take all the stuff out of my neighbor's house, come back, put it in my house, sell it on eBay, and not have one care in the world. I would have a lot of money, and I would have all this stuff, and I'd be like, oh, well, that was easy. So understand that just because you don't think that way doesn't mean that other people don't. And that's been my diatribe for right now. But I do want to give props where props are due. So I'm going to play a clip from CNN where they actually covered Bilderberg. This is about a four-minute clip, and it was actually a fair piece. Now, why do you, why do you care about Bilderberg, Jake? I don't know. 150 of the most powerful people in the world get together and they talk about stuff. And they don't tell us what they talk about. They're just talking about stuff. 
How crazy is that? How crazy is that the public lets them go with it? And it's not just you know Rudy Poo people. These are like World Bank chairmen. These are high high influence people. And if you're not talking about anything deceptive, then make your notes public. But they won't do that. So here's the clip from CNN. Be sure to check out the video podcast on We Are Not Cattle TV. I'll upload it in the next couple of days. Once again, share the podcast with people you know, people you like, people who want liberty. I'm going to try to watch the F-bombs from now on because that's not getting us anywhere. I'm going to try to watch the anger because that's not getting us anywhere. We need to be a focused, cogent, concise human population that wants freedom. That's all we have to be. And if we can do that and unite with each other under freedom and Magna Carta and Constitution, you know, I'm one of those people that believes that limited government should be in in in, in that. It should be limited. It should be extremely limited. Not overreaching like we have now. And and the problem is there's nowhere to go. We're the freest nation in the world and we get spied on. Imagine that. How crazy is that? We're the freest country in the world. Hey, doesn't your government spy on everything that you do? It intercepts your phone calls, text messages, emails, and puts them all in a big database out in Utah? Huh. What's crazy to me is that, and this is my last thing before I go to the Bilderberg clip. Think about everything that, if you're my age, 35 years old, think about everything that you were told about the Russians. Think about everything that you were told bad about the Russians during the Cold War. They have secret police. They spy on their people. They have fraudulent elections. I mean, it wasn't USSR that did that. It was USA that did that. And then you look at it and the Russian the Russian people would always say, oh, well, that's for our safety. And that's what they tell us. It's for our safety. There's nothing the government can do to make you safe. You're an individual. Take responsibility for your own life. Take responsibility for the fact that you live in a vast universe on top of a giant spinning rock out in the middle of nowhere. We don't even know where the universe leads. It expands and contracts, and now we're in a contraction, so they say. Think about that. Think about things that are amazing in this universe. Think about the fact that the moon lights up because the sun reflects off of it. Think about how cool that is, that we can see that. Most people are like, oh, look, quarter moon, it's pretty cool. Oh, full moon, ha. No clue what it means. Be involved. Be more than what you think that you can be. Be one of those people that that you know a little bit about everything. It's funny, I was having a conversation with my father and he would bring up some obscure topic. And I was like, yeah, I read that. And he's like, how do you know? Every time I bring up a topic, you know something about it. Because I, I want to know. I don't want to know about popular culture anymore. You're just you're putting us, you're putting humanity on a treadmill. And you're basically stunning our growth as a species. You're saying this is important where it's Kim Kardashian and E! Entertainment and Desperate Housewives and Devious Maids and all of this just nothingness. And then you have the opposite end of the spectrum. You've got stuff like Through the Wormhole and, and other and like brain games and things that are trying to make you smarter. Trying to enlighten you as far as 
your human experience, this existence on this planet, what you're going to do with it. Are you going to really sit there and tell me that you have a in, you have a definite amount of time on this planet, and your and your goal is to go and and work for someone else from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. five days a week, and then after that 5 p.m. you're going to go home and you're going to click on entertainment and you're going to just sit there and watch entertainment until you die. That's your life. I can't have that. I can't have you have that with me because if we have everybody doing that, then we're done. We're stunted. This is a transmission to humanity, everybody. Now, I usually get into the big banks and how they're screwing us. I usually get into government and how they're screwing us. But this just feels right for me today. Is to just pour it all out on the table and explain to you guys what's really going on. And what's really going on is we're being stunted. We're on the verge, and everybody feels it. You listen to every podcast out there. Libertarian, conservative, anybody, everything's speeding up. And it's not because we're processing everything. It's because, hey, maybe it is the age of Aquarius. Maybe the Illuminati do know something. I don't know. But they did say that in the first year of the age of Aquarius that there will be rapid change and there will be rapid intellectual awakening. So let's start it. Let's start an intellectual awakening. Start a new renaissance. Start start talking to people. Start saying hi. Smile at somebody. You know, it's so amazing when I go to these when I excuse me, when I used to go to these sales seminars and stupid stuff like that. That they would talk about, oh, smile when you dial. People can hear a smile. Yeah, they can. They can hear stuff. So here is the um they can hear it when you're happy, everybody. People know when you're happy. People know when you smile. It's just that simple. I'm smiling right now. So here is the Bilderberg clip, and then I will come back with my plea to humanity. But I'm also going to get into some of the news because it's just absolutely so bonkers. You know, the EU's given, um, or uh, who is it, the World Bank's giving Greece an ultimatum about how you got to pay back all this austerity stuff that they already created. They created this debt bubble, and they're like, eh, you got to pay it back or, you know, you're going to be in trouble. It's so ridiculous. So anyway, thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. Be sure to share it with everybody you know and love. And let's spread the message of truth, liberty, and um, being a free human race. So here's the clip from Bilderberg. Welcome back to The Lead. I'm Jake Tapper. Now it's time for The Buried Lead. That's a story we do not think is getting enough play. When you think of secret societies, you think of groups of rich old men, like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons, sitting around a ridiculously long table, all trying to top each other with their best diabolical laugh. It makes for a fun cartoon, but in reality, such societies and secretive meetings do exist. And one is going on right now behind closed doors in England. The Bilderberg Group is a meeting of the most influential people in Europe and North America. Wall Street investors, business moguls, politicians, royalty, they're all coming together and keeping the media and everyone else out. What are they discussing? What are they plotting? Doesn't the public have a right to know? Well, apparently, no. Though, what they chat about could very well end up impacting your 401k or who knows what else. (laughs) Security was tight today at the Grove Hotel in this leafy area north of London. 140 members of the global elite arrived here for a top-secret, hush-hush, off-the-record conference in the English countryside. How's this for a guest list? The head of the International Monetary Fund. 
Former Treasury Secretary Tim Geithner, the heads of Amazon.com, Google, and BP Oil. Former General and CIA Director David Petraeus. And what's a top-secret cabal of puppet masters without Henry Kissinger? All of them came here today for the Bilderberg Conference. That's Bilderberg, not Bilderberg. Participants are tight-lipped about discussions, other than to say topics will range from the economy to jobs to U.S. foreign policy, what the organizers call megatrends and the major issues facing the world. Reporters and outsiders are not allowed in, and everything is off the record. Organizers say that so participants can take time to listen, reflect, and gather insights. Protesters from around the globe have descended upon the venue, objecting to the secret nature of the meetings, which have been going on behind closed doors among European and North American elites since 1954. Protester Daniel Kirby explains. It's just a gathering of people who are concerned that our elected politicians who promise transparency are meeting in secret with the heads of top banks, pharmaceutical companies, weapons companies, you name it, European royalty are in there sort of thing. Um, it's, just, it's just incredible that they can say one thing and do the other. Now, if you're thinking this is just another cabal of the people who secretly run the world, so does noted author, provocateur, and conspiracy theorist Alex Jones from InfoWars. Magna Carta has been restricted for the scum globalists that are in there. Jones is broadcasting live from the conference this week. They want you dead, Governor. Why? They're out to kill me. Some pretty nutty conspiracy theories about the group abound. They're hiding the cure for cancer, for example. But just because Bigfoot believers who are often offensively wrong are on the case here does not mean there isn't reason for the rest of us to be wary as these masters of the universe confab away from cameras. The conference wraps up on Sunday, and organizers say there will be no resolutions or votes and no policy statements. I think it would be very naive to think that all of these people are going to turn up to a meeting unless it has some effect. Gerard Batten is a member of the European Parliament for London. I'm sure that they are actually reaching decisions about which way public policy should be going in the countries that are represented, and of course in the European Union. We'll have to wait and see if any of the attendees choose to speak about what happened at the conference. Let me also say it appears my invitation was lost in the mail, an oversight that we here at The Lead hope will be corrected next year. Of course, you can share your conspiracy theories about the event with me on Twitter, at Jake Tapper, all one word. Okay. Thank you for that little report, Mr. Tapper. So... The mainstream media can actually do some good journalism every once in a while, everybody. So don't discount them completely, but, you know, it is what it is. So that was the um, the whole thing about Bilderberg, which, you know, we've been talking about for years, but now the mainstream media is covering it, and it's because we're putting societal pressure on them. You know, people aren't going to change just because, you know, change happens. You have to put societal pressure on it. You have to bring – why do you think gay marriage was – you know, so is such a hot button. Why do you think that you know women's rights were so important? Why do you think that you know blacks' rights were so important? And it's not because people just stood idly by and did nothing. It's because people got out and did something. That's the reason that change comes about. It doesn't come about because you sit there and post a bunch of stuff on Facebook. It doesn't do anything. So that's why I'm calling all my you know fellow Georgians. If you live in Alabama, it's about an hour and a half drive. Come on, man. Let's you know. Let's all get out there together and, and say that we we deserve 
better as a nation. We do. We we deserve, as being the, one of the last free beacons on the planet, where you can actually have free speech, unless you're a journalist and you're you know writing a big story about the um, the CIA and then you're going to end up in a in a uh, burn up car by a by a tree. You know that doesn't. That's completely you know didn't impact the tree, but the you know but the engine was thrown sixty yards to the right of it. But um, you know that that doesn't seem suspicious. So. You know, just demand change, everybody. You got to. You got to demand change. You got to be vocal about it. You got to start telling people about it. You got to start telling people what's going on. People don't know. If they come home from their nine to five and they plug into the plug into the television, they have no clue what's going on. You you plug into Fox and and CNN, you have no clue what's going on. You have you have the American propagandized version of everything. It's not what true reality is. That's like going and watching a shareholders meeting at Goldman Sachs. You think they're really going to tell you anything? No, come on. The real stuff happens behind the scenes, and just understand that. So after that, after that clip, I'm going to play this clip from. Um, this was on. Uh, I think this was uh, today on Fox with or yesterday with Megyn Kelly, and it was basically this gentleman's talking about how Obama's got a war on for collectivism and. That's what global government is, is collectivism. Now, I hate to say that socialism might be the, the way for us to be the escape hatch here because it's always the escape hatch of socialism. And you know the argument from the socialists is going to be, well, we just didn't have a big enough computer to understand what everybody's needs were and blah, blah, blah. The, the fact of the matter is, is that I want abundance. There is enough resources in the entire world for everybody to live abundantly. And what's so silly to me is that you have a small segment, less than 1%, that lives lavishly, and you know most nations live in squalor. I don't think that that's fair. You know, they Some people didn't even work for that money. Like the inheritance of the, the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and the Carnegies and, and the um, – I mean you name it. Any of, the, any of the old robber barons that actually did good work. They tried to build stuff, and they – of course, they tried to build their own little quote-unquote empire because they wanted a legacy. And I think that legacy is all about the ego. It's all about you know passing something along to my children. You shouldn't just narrowly think about passing something along to your children. You should think about passing something along to humanity. Don't just be so narrow-sighted that you're all enthralled with your own bloodline and your own genealogy and your own sperm and your own egg that you think that it's just going to be limited to your your family. That's what I think is sick. So I guess in some ways I am a um I am a socialist. I believe that you should do stuff for the betterment of humanity. So all right, I guess I'm out. I'm a socialist. You know, I'm not a libertarian constitutionalist, not an anarcho capitalist. I'm just um just straight up socialist. Yeah, whatever. So anyway, just to show you guys how silly the titles are, just be a free human being. That's all you gotta do. And just not you know, not not go for coercion and not have government go point guns at people to to take money from them and call it taxes. Don't do it. All right, so here's the uh, clip on Fox, and then I will be right back on the back side. And it looks like I'm going to be running right up against the break. So I'm going to play this clip, give you about a 30-second interlude, and then we will be actually – actually, we're just going to go to break right after this clip. So I will catch you guys on the back side. This is a long clip, six minutes, so I hope you're enjoying the podcast tonight. It's kind of a positive message. Awaken humanity. Let's do this thing. 
And then I think I might have some guys join me on the backside because um, they said they might come on around 10 or so. So lots of good stuff to look forward to, everybody. Um, a lot of good shows out there, a lot of good podcasts. If you're not familiar with the uh, Mike Salvi's world, that's a, I, I just saw it for the first time a couple of days ago because my friend recommended that I hook up with this guy. And not in that sense. It's pretty uh, it's pretty derogatory. But um Basically, get with this guy, and, and we have a lot of common ground. I watched the show. It's very entertaining. He was interviewing the New Jersey Weed Man, and New Jersey Weed Man talked about how he he basically beat um, um, a pound of marijuana charges because he taught the jury about jury nullification, which is what everybody should know. That If you believe that the law is crap, then you could actually throw it out, being the jury. You'd be like, hey, this, this law doesn't – uh, we think this law is unconstitutional, or we think that this law is, you know, stupid. So we say the law is null and void. So you're free to go. And then at the very end, he asked for his weed back, which was pretty funny. So anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Here is the clip, and I will catch you guys on the backside. So enjoy. Coming up, if you don't live in a major metro area, you might want to pack your bags. Years ago, moving to the suburbs was a sign that you were making a better life for yourself and your family. But our next guest details a government report suggesting there may be a long-term plan to change all that for you. The effort to, quote, Manhattanize America. Next. Well, if you live in the suburbs, don't get too comfy. Our next guest says the Obama administration has plans to push Americans, slowly but surely, out of the burbs and into the big cities as a means to, quote, spread the wealth around. Joining us now is Stanley Kurtz. He's author of Spreading the Wealth, How Obama is Robbing the Suburbs to Pay for the City. And this isn't based on your book, this claim. This is based on something you actually saw President Obama and the administration do last week. Explain, Stan. Well, that's right, Megan. It looks like President Obama's plans to fight global warming are going to hurt America's suburbs. And that's because the Obama administration believes in something called smart growth. Now, the idea of smart growth policies is that you should get out of your car, don't move to the suburbs. You should live in a tiny, densely packed apartment building in the city where you would walk and take public transportation. Don't drive. And that smart growth in the, uh, the Obama administration is gearing up to impose these smart growth policies on the country, and that would be bad for America's suburbs. How would they do it? How would they m make us move from the suburbs to the city? Because most of the folks who live in the suburbs like the suburbs. They don't want to live in the city. How would they make us do it? Well, there are several plans, Megan, and part of the idea is just to stop people from moving out to the suburbs in the first place. But in the end, it might, it might even get some people who are living in suburbs to head to the cities. Last week, the Energy Department released a series of reports that touted a new strategy for cutting back on carbon dioxide emissions. The idea is to make all federal funding conditional on adherence to these smart growth principles. So let's say the federal government is thinking of, of funding a new school or a new highway. Well, if this idea goes through, the government would say, let's look at the population density. If you've got a high population density, we'll give you the federal money. If you don't, you're not going to get the money. And that would start channeling new development away from the suburbs and into the cities. And if you think about it, it's actually a way of redistributing the wealth of the suburbs to the cities. This is an actual proposal that was put forward? Well, a report came out called Transportation Energy Futures, and one of these reports floated this proposal. At this stage, it's a trial balloon, I think you could say, but there's another similar proposal that, according to a news report, the Obama administration has already decided on, and that is that the Obama administration, for the first time, is going to tell every agency of the federal government 
to consider carbon dioxide emissions before they give environmental approval to big projects. And that could mean big delays, big challenges, maybe even the elimination of some, say, highway construction projects out into the suburbs. So if you want to have that uh, traffic congestion relieved on your suburban commute or maybe opening up a new area for suburban development with a highway, that could be delayed and, and possibly even blocked by these new regulations. And that, again, would tend to uh, channel development away from the suburbs and back to the city. Now, you talk in your, in, in your piece, which was posted on uh, National Review Online, about how, uh, yes, of course, this focuses in part, this, this initiative that's been proposed focuses in part on greenhouse gas emissions and making the environment more green and, you know, your carbon footprint when you live in a little 800-square-foot apartment in Manhattan is much, much smaller than if you live in, uh, you know, a 3,000-square-foot home in the burbs. So that's, that's clear. That, that could be one of the goals. But you also say that this is about uh, wealth redistribution on a grand scale. How so? How, how is it a redistribution of wealth? Well, that's what I talk about in the book, Megan. If you go back to Obama's whole political history, people don't realize it, but he's been a big backer of this, a movement called regionalism. The whole idea of regionalism is that there's something fundamentally unfair about the very existence of suburbs, because when people move out to suburbs, they take their tax money with them. And President Obama and some of the people he used to work with in his political career believed that that was somehow unfair to the cities. So if you put in these smart growth policies and you say it's all about carbon dioxide and global warming, you still are channeling all that federal money, which comes from all of our taxes after all, into the cities and the, away from the suburbs. And that's a way of redistributing wealth from the suburbs to the cities. And in the minds of these advocates of regionalism that Obama has always worked with, this is a way of redistributing money back away from the suburbs and into the cities. But you still, I mean, you still have the same crop of people. So if, if, if you're forcing folks who live in the suburbs to eventually move back into the city or people who live in the city not to move out to the suburbs, it's still the same people. You're not going to change their political worldview. You're not going to change their voting habits necessarily. Well, some people think it might change voting habits. It's unclear whether that will really happen. But the point for these regionalists is that you're stopping tax money from being taken away from the cities and put into the suburbs. These regionalists think that there's something fundamentally unfair about that. So what they first want to do is get taxpayers back to the city so that their money can go into the coffers of those city mm. governments and not the suburban governments. And maybe the politics will take care of itself after that. You call it an effort to Manhattanize America. And uh, a lot of our viewers won't like the thought of that since there's a reason they've chosen not to live in Manhattan. And it's not just the, you know, block jam traffic at rush hour and the taxi cabs and the pollution and all that. Sorry, Mayor Bloomberg, but you know what I'm talking about. And they don't necessarily want Iowa to, to look like Manhattan, but in any event, Stanley, very interesting hearing your perspective. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Megan. Okay, so that, I'm going to take a break right here for two minutes. That'll give me time to readjust over here. I'm trying to get one of my buddies pulled up, so let me find a clip for you guys. Let me find a good one. That's about two minutes. Oh, clergy response teams. Here we go. Two-minute clip. I'll see you guys in two minutes. Law ever become a reality in America? Some fear any nuclear, biological, or chemical attack on U.S. territory might trigger just that. And as KSLA News 12's Jeff Farrell discovered, the clergy would help the government with potentially their biggest problem, us. From my cold, dead hands. Charlton Heston's famous declaration captures a truly American value, the overarching desire to protect our freedoms. 
but gun confiscation is exactly what happened during the state of emergency following Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. U.S. troops also arrived, something far easier to do even now thanks to last year's elimination of the 1878 Posse Comitatus Act. That forbid U.S. troops from policing on American soil. If martial law were enacted here at home, like depicted in the movie The Siege, easing public fears and quelling dissent would be critical. And that's exactly what the clergy response team, as it's called, helped accomplish in New Orleans. The primary thing that we say to anybody is let's cooperate and get this thing over with, and then we'll settle the differences once the crisis is over. Such clergy response teams would walk a tightrope between the needs of the government versus the wishes of the public. In a lot of cases, these clergy would already be known in the neighborhoods in which they're helping to defuse that situation. For the clergy, one of the biggest tools that they will have in helping calm the public down or obey the law is the Bible itself, specifically Romans, Romans 13. Because the government is established by the Lord, you know, and, uh, and that's what we believe in the Christian faith. That's what's stated in the scripture. Civil rights advocates believe the amount of public cooperation may depend largely on how long they expect a suspension of their rights might last. Jeff Farrell, KSLA News 12 reporting. And according to Tuberville, during Hurricane Katrina, the clergy response team provided 38 chaplains a day around the clock at eight different camps. That's right, 38 chaplains a day to say, turn your guns in. It's really sick, isn't it? The primitive, primal feeling of security should lie with the individual. It should not lie with people in uniforms. I think I finally got my friend here. Hold on a second. Stand by. Okay, caller, you are on the air. Welcome. There, there is no Skype button next to the phone number, so I just called the number. Oh, uh, I are you serious? It's all mine. Hello. Yeah, but I think that's just a host thing. Hmm. All right. Whatever, man. Anybody. <laughs> anyway, everybody, Matthew Dalton from the Journalistic Revolution is joining us. And the reason I wanted to have Matthew on is because he was a huge thought criminal and went up to, um, was it New Hampshire? Is that where you went? Yes, I went up there for uh, pork fat. Okay, well, explain to the people that don't know, because I'm kind of a novice at it as well, uh, give us the like five-minute version of what that is and why you were so intent on having me go up there next year, which I think I'm going to do with you. Well, Porkfest really, um, in general, is just a, um advertisement for the Free State Project. Um, they put okay. it on. They put it on for the last uh, 10 years, and uh, they get people up there, and, I mean, it is just, you know, six, seven, eight days of, Simulated anarchy. Now, obviously, everybody's partying. This wouldn't be an actual anarchist society. Um, mm -hmm. But because everybody's partying, having fun, not everybody's working. That wouldn't truly exist in an anarchist society. Everybody's sure. working and, and dealing. And, and, and But for the most part, I mean, it's just people are out there selling their stuff. There's no permits. There's no cops. There's, there's nobody, you know, running around parking orders of what you can and can't do. I mean, it's just you know what is allowed and what isn't uh, in a moral society. So there's no, you know, it, it's just, it, it's really just a really great con. Um, mm -hmm. And I had a blast. And I, I would suggest anybody go up there 
it's a great vacation time if you have kids and you want to bring your kids. Um, me, personally, it's not that I don't want to bring my son, but for my purposes going up there, it's a little bit different. I'm working mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Sure. So, you know, I won't. I probably won't be bringing Max to, um, for at least a couple more years until he's a little bit older. Right. So what kind of stuff goes on up there? I mean, you said that it's a bunch of – it's like an, an – I guess a, a truly – um, anarcho society where you don't have um, government there enforcing things at the point of a gun, and you don't have people, you know, um, shooting your dog after they arrest you for filming them, right? Oh yeah, exactly. Like the only time a cop even showed up was because somebody got their keys locked in their car, and when they <laughs> when they did, it was um, funny. They sent a text alert to everybody saying, "Don't panic." And the guy who the cop was is actually married to the lady who runs the place. That's great. And she's just, yeah, and she's just as involved with what's going on up there as everybody else. So there was no threat of violence, force, or coercion. Nobody's coming there and saying, well, wait a minute, you bought that. Did you pay taxes on it or anything like right. that? Um, people are using fiat. They're using gold. They're using silver. Um, they're using Bitcoin as currency. And, and check this, people were using ammunition. That's oh, that's terrorism. That's terrorism <laughs> in New America. The fact that you even own ammunition is terrorism, but the fact that you're trading yeah, like terrorism for goods and not, you know, opting into the the Federal Reserve system is that's completely ludicrous. What I liked about it though is um uh that they they were using like the current price. Like um say this particular round was thirty something cents, mm-hmm. you know, they would take it as payment and what was at market price. Is, yeah, market price. And even if you weren't, um, even if you didn't have that type of ammo or need that type of ammo, people, ammo would people take it because then they could just turn around and reuse it somewhere else. Sure. Or someone else uses it. So sure. there was no, you didn't really see, well, I don't really use that ammo. Sorry. It was used as currency. Wow. So that was, that's really interesting. Now, for those of you that that have no idea that, you can actually do stuff outside of the Federal Reserve System and and be a fellow thought criminal like like what um, Matthew's talking about here. Explain to him why they wouldn't have to pay taxes on it. Who's reporting it? <laughs> exactly. I mean, exactly. But what do, what do taxes know, fund? I mean, what do, what do taxes fund here in America? They fund wars, the police state, and the surveillance state. Those are those are the three biggest. Those are the three biggest combines that we have here. Well, a lot of it has. To, I mean, really, um, it's funny is like when people are like, "We got to get, we 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 can't get rid of the federal income tax because who paid for the roads and who would pay for the teachers and who would?" Well, they didn't have a federal income tax up until 1950, and they actually the first corporations were formed to create roads. So they actually created the monstrosities then. Even then, like your state sales tax and your state, you know, if your if your state has an income tax, right, um, which Florida doesn't, you know, and, and a lot of states don't. Uh, usually, those are what pays for your teachers. Those are usually mm-hmm. what pays for your roads. Mm-hmm. Um, the government, you know, collecting taxes usually goes towards your wars and your, mm-hmm. you know. So when people make the argument, who would build the roads? Well, if you get rid of the income tax, technically your state would still pay for the roads. Correct. As far as getting rid of your state income tax or your state sales tax, that's something you can you can take care of much easier uh, locally versus federally. So if we got rid of the federal uh, tax 
I mean, really, it's a BS argument when somebody's build the roads. And really, even on the state level, I could think of a million ways we could build the roads a lot more efficient, efficiently and cheaper and a lot more voluntarily than, right. than forced coercion. Well, forced coercion is really, is really becoming um, – hopefully we could make that a meme among – among people that are in in society that are that are just trapped by this this I, I don't know what the loyalty is to the federal government. It's like we were never set up as a republic like this. We were set up to be loyal to your state, and then the federal government was just supposed to be the the overseer and basically have a navy that could you know protect the country and that's it we weren't supposed to have a standing mm-hmm. army we weren't and i understand times change and everybody brings the well you can't bring that into the real world scenario well i am for a shocker everybody we're bankrupt okay we've been bankrupt since 1950 and the fact of the matter is is that we're borrowing money from a private bank to postpone the bankruptcy it's like I, I basically, what was it? I used the analogy earlier of we're the bottom bitch in the in the pimp, right? In the pimp game, we're the bottom bitch. We're the one that everybody goes to. It's like you, the bottom bitch goes to the Federal Reserve and says, "Look, you know, we we need money for this, this, and this, and we got a um, we got a sweet deal coming. If we go invade Syria, we're going to get all these weapons contracts, and so we're going to need some money to go ahead and do that. And they and they fund whatever." entity or give it to you know give it to the government and then the government gives out the contracts so we really don't need like you said you don't need the federal government to do that if you wanted to do like a joint project and that's what's so interesting is what what adam has has told everybody that this march is now going to be it's going to be a call for a peaceful dissolution of the federal government and i think that that is a fantastic idea because you know that is our right. That's in our constitution that if the federal government gets out of you know gets out of control, that the states have an opportunity to secede, and that they can you know secede and withdraw consent from the federal government. And mm-hmm. I think that, that that's fabulous because we're not going to get anywhere with um, Facebook you know Facebook advocates. We're not going to get anywhere with you know twenty and thirty people marches here and there. I mean, you look at what happened with Monsanto. You had a couple thousand people, and then the media just says that it's nothing. And and then you look at Brazil, and they're fed up with corruption. They're fed up with wage disparity. They're fed up with all this stuff. They got two million people out in the streets, but the American public doesn't want to do that because it would involve energy. So my first half of the show tonight, I was just basically pleading with the audience to to share this message with everybody that why would you want to be why would you want to be the the generation that let America fail or the generation that basically sold out for creature comforts instead of doing what we're destined to do and that's expand expand the definition of of freedom expand the definition of of what being a human is and the human experience we have so much technology I can have a video conversation with somebody all all the way across the world, and it looks like that they're just you know sitting in inside of a screen. So we have all this technology. Mm-hmm. Do we really need government to go point guns at people and take money from them and say well, we know how to better spend this money than you do? Well, I've said this before. Um, I, I said it on my show, and I'll say it again here: Americans are wimps. Oh and no, we're we are completely we are completely pussified by the by the culture, yeah, and it's I, and it's on purpose. I, 
if you look at countries like Spain um, and other countries, all, all someone has to do, like some prime minister or president, whatever, all somebody has to do is fart in the wind incorrectly, and they're mm-hmm. out protesting and rioting in the streets. Mm-hmm. And we have gone through so much tyranny, through so much crap in this country, and people mm-hmm. just sit there living with themselves. Oh, Fox News says everything's going to be okay, so I guess it's going to be okay. You know, and, that's and it's the, it's the creature it's Obama. the creature comforts that do that. Yeah, and uh, you know, for me, it's like, you know, I just I get tired of seeing other countries stand up, and and everybody here just kind of sits back and goes, well, yeah, but it's everything's going to be okay because I got American Idol to watch. You yeah. know what? You know what I would like to see? What's that? Because there's such a threat of violence of throwing somebody in jail mm-hmm. uh, if they don't pay their taxes. I would mm-hmm. like to see what the federal government did. It's everybody tomorrow. Businesses mm-hmm. across the country, people around the country, just stop collecting income tax. Stop paying. It's it's really it's well. They would first they would run around and they, you know, what's so bad about that is that might last two days and then some some covert group is going to stage a terror attack somewhere. And say, look, this is all because you we didn't have the funding. We told you guys this was going to happen. You know, Janet Napolitano would pop up on a screen somewhere and be like, "You guys, the terrorists are really going to hit us if we don't get more money." And and they talk to the public, the mainstream media and the politicians all talk to the public like they're children. And I think that that is it's kind of a um I don't know if that generates the type of response that we give, or I don't know how they've psychologically profiled it, but if they talk to us like we're children, then then the American public reacts like children. That's why I don't talk yeah. to my audience like children. I talk to them like they're adults. It's like, how can you as a sane person sit here and, and look me in the face and say that that – you know, us taking a drone over to Pakistan that has a 3% success rate, it does more collateral damage than it does good. That's actually all been released, declassified, you name it. But we sit here and say, well, we're protecting Americans. At what point will we just completely dissolve the nationalism? The When are we going to cleanse that blood out of our system, no pun intended, to actually look at everybody as free and brilliant and individual human beings, no matter if you're here or if in, you're in Iraq, Afghanistan, wherever, and then you will always get the argument for the neocons. Well, well, they're going to kill us. Well, the Arabs are going to kill us. That's what they're going to do. That's what they, they, you're either an infidel or they, they they convert you or they kill you or they enslave you. That's the only three. It's like, yeah, but the the majority of that book teaches how to be good to people. Like, well, why do you guys always pick out the, you know, why do you pick out the terrible parts of of any kind of religious teaching and say that, well, these guys, you know, this is what all of them think. We're, you know, ninety five percent of Muslims don't think that, but you do have sects that are a little bit out there. And then you the same thing with Christianity. I mean, you got people that still, you know, get bit with snakes and and speak in tongues and stuff like that, but they're not worried about them blowing up buildings. I just don't understand what it is with the American yeah. psyche that that they get so excited about having an enemy when in reality what's going to happen is that the more information that we have and the more connectivity that we have with other countries, with other communities, we're going to see that this is all bullshit. We're going to see every, that this every, is all this is all staged. This is all theatrical bullshit. Well, every every religion 
have their their um, extremists. I mean, of go course. back even as late as as, as late as the uh, early as the late eighties, early nineties, we had Christians blowing up um, uh, blowing up abortion clinics. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody wants to. It's like I I covered this uh, Sunday night show. I did an article, uh, an interview with a gentleman who is the uh, part of the Libertarian Party up in Ohio. And mm-hmm. he did some work with Muslims for Liberty, and he did some work uh, with the LGBT, uh, uh, right, lesbian, gay, mm-hmm. um, LGBT, whatever they call it, um, mm-hmm. community up there in Ohio. And, he, you know, this group did a uh, Freedom Fighter, I forget, something.net, oh, freedomfighterradio.net, did a hit mm-hmm. piece on them and started call, claiming how, uh, Muslims for Liberty, and they all watch Sharia law, which is... No, 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 dude, that's the same crazy <laughs> bastard that, that said all that stuff um, and sent all these emails out to me and a bunch of other activists before yep. Um, yep. before the Atlanta Music Liberty Fest and said that these yep. guys are terrorists and this is all they want to do. That guy was up there? Or right. No? Uh, no, no, no. He, um, the, I, who, who I'm talking about, was actually the same people who did all that stuff about Atlanta Liberty Music Festival mm-hmm. did the same stuff about this guy, did a hit piece on him on their website. And mm-hmm. I had him, the guy that had the hit piece done against him, I had him on the show Sunday mm-hmm. night doing an interview. And, and basically the article, the hit piece that was done on Brad, it's Brad Lowry is who I had on the show, but um, freedomfighter.net, radio.net did an, a hit piece on him mm-hmm. claiming that he was uh for Sharia law and you know and how like all this hatred in this article towards towards the gay community and towards Muslims and how like it was so it was I think uh, Josh Wiley basically pointed out that it's it was just all straw man argument because they were just sure. assuming that just because these guys are Muslim they're mm-hmm. all you know they're all they all practice to, the same they all practice yeah, the same version of yeah correct yeah. So it, it was just it was it was it was just stupid. If you read the article, you could see it was obviously not written by someone with half a brain. So, well, when I read his email, I was like, "You you've got to be kidding me!" And you know, what's really funny is that we had the FBI and stuff out looking for that guy in case he showed up. So, great job! You're the one talking about them being the terrorists, and it turns out that the FBI was you were the one that they were looking out for because you're such a whack job. But I think that I think that we do need to have a mass cultural awakening to the fact that now here's a question for you. I run through this a lot and I've never asked you this question, so I'm gonna get you I'm gonna kinda of put you on the spot on air. So um thanks for coming on by the way. To offer mm-hmm. up all, all everything that happened up in New Hampshire. And I'm definitely gonna go up there. But um what would you what what would you think would happen to the psyche of not only the American public but the but the world in general if we did have some kind of alien landing. Now, a lot of people look at me and they're like, "You believe in aliens?" And I said, "Well, it's kind of it's it's kind of silly to think that there aren't aliens out there if you think about it in this perspective that there are more galaxies in the solar system than there are grains of sand on all the beaches in the world." Why wouldn't you think that we would be a just a a fledgling civilization on you know on this one speck of sand, and then you know two or three or ten light years away, 
there's another speck of sand that probably is is at the same evolutionary curve that we're at, and they're like, well, shoot, we haven't figured out how to build a rocket ship yet, but you know, and then a couple of you know a couple of solar systems down, you have a super advanced society. All it takes is about all it would take, dude, is about ten thousand years, and you want to talk about a technological leap? They're talking about how we're going to be inserted into the matrix literally by twenty forty five. So what would you say would happen to the planet if we did have a visitation and it wanted to meet with um with the leaders of the world and for me that would be absolutely that would be terrifying because look who they're going to select <laughs> they're going to select the president of the United States the president of of England and they'll probably be like well we're going to start a war with you guys I mean we're going to sell a ton, we're going to sell spaceships holy shit we're going to start a war no. with everybody. <laughs> Go I'm, ahead. I'm, I'm going to preface my answer by making a couple of statements first. Okay. Uh, one, as a Christian, I do believe that there is other life out there. That would be very arrogant for me to believe otherwise. Uh, I treat God much like a scientist. Scientists mm-hmm. do multiple experiments. Mm-hmm. And I believe that the reason why science... Ooh, that's a, that's a very God. good way to put it. That's a very good yeah, way to put I, it. I'm going to use that to all my... All my um, Christian friends that believe that the Earth is six thousand years old. All right, go ahead, continue. I think that science is God's way of making things happen the way He wants it to happen. So you know that's the reason why I believe science exists in the first place. Mm-hmm. So so that's answer number one. Two, I'm not sure that they're visiting us just yet. All these UFO sightings, I've heard, um, a, um, and this has been a, a little bit on the conspiracy theory side um, that. There was a guy who worked for the government, and he was mm-hmm. going to come out and expose that we have technology and had had technology since the 1950s. That far surpasses oh. the stuff that's out now. Stuff that can shoot and that can just fly out into space faster, and mm-hmm. you know, stuff that we only perceive that exists in movies and other people visiting us here. And he have works. you ever have you ever have you ever heard my free energy clip that I have on in my little Rolodex here? I'll play it for you in a minute. But go ahead. I want you to hear this because it speaks to exactly what you were talking about. Go ahead. I've heard the uh, interview for one. I've, I've seen. I've heard um, this guy talk. The guy who died just like mm-hmm. a few days before he was supposed to go on a radio show. But I also heard the other two guys that were talking about this guy talking about exactly what I'm saying, and this is the reason why I believe it. Because um, mm-hmm. he worked that private industry and witnessed all the stuff being created. So just to, just to preface my answer with those two things, what I what do I think would happen if oh, wow. That 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 really all depends. It, it's really hard to answer the question to answer because it depends on how they approach, you know. Um mm-hmm. No, they come the completely way, pe- all right, so let me let me preface the entire thing. Okay. And this is Terrifying for you and I, but let's you know roll with the punches here. Let's say that they come down and they say that we want a meeting with the world's leaders. As terrifying as that may seem, they just say, all right, we're going to get the UN together and we're going to have a conversation with you guys about technology, how you can change your society, how you can stop terraforming the earth, and how you can you know move away from fossil fuels. And they're going to show us how to have free energy and live abundantly and give us basically the blueprints to create that technology and then we're kind of on our own. Like their whole mission would be to to take us to that next level of evolution. And and no. then they just say it's laissez faire from there. So go go ahead from there. They're they're meeting with the UN, it's completely peaceful. They want to give us, 
you know, a, an, an extra an extra kick. It's like, okay, you guys have made it here. Now you're kind of struggling. We're going to give you that next little stepping stone, much like what you know most people theorize with the um, with the. Um, and they would uh, give us the first great information and intel to to get rid of fossil fuels and all that other stuff. Oh, well, so so well, 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 all right, go ahead. What, what would you say now? The, our government would label them as terrorists. Would claim that they have weapons of mass destruction and go to war with them for 10, 15 years and kill a lot of innocent people. So you think that's what happened? Is that, that we could never get out of the racket of of war, fossil fuels, and and those types of things that we would instantly turn to turn to violence as a culture. Based on recent history, yeah. I mean, look. Look what they did to Iraq. Iraq didn't have weapons of mass destruction. They weren't a threat. They weren't doing anything. All that happened there was Saddam Hussein was going to stop using the dollar. No, yeah. Yeah, and and you talk to people that that know about this stuff and that understand it and understand that 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 oil and and you know that <laughs> that oil in general is a two billion or two trillion dollar industry. And you can't infringe upon that. It's like, you know, I had a conversation with my father and, you know, I, I, I love my conversations with my father because it gets to the point where it's not, it's not banter. It's like, it's here, let me tell you what I know. Let me talk about your experiences because he's been to, I mean, he was in Air Force for a long time. He was a, he was a lieutenant colonel. So he was kind of high up and not, you know, too high up. But, you know, we have conversation about what what's war like? What's this place like? What's, you know, what was it like going to that? What's it like being shot at? Those are the types of things. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned stuff like, you know, that, hey, they stopped trading money in oil or, you, or you know, trading money in U.S. dollars. Or I bring up also the fact that we've had suppressed technology from the 50s because, you know, when this technology came about that they had anti, you know, they, they had anti-gravitational aircraft that the government just said, nope, this is not going public. They basically scrapped every project and they took everything and then went dark with it. And mm-hmm. that's what, um, not in the movie Thrive, what is the other movie that's all about that? It is, um, it's uh, Dr. Stephen Greer's movie. And it was really, really in- impressive. And it's his documentary on free energy sources. So I do have a clip of that. Let me play that now for everybody. And then you can you can kind of weigh in on this. Let me see where it is. Uh, da, 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 da. Now, so you really do think that we would just start bombing people and call them terrorists. Because you know what's funny? Yeah. Bill Cooper. If you've ever – if you if, say what? <laughs> Not we. Our government. Don't want me oh, in there with we go. Yeah, there we go. I, I probably should have clarified that. But the one thing that um, that really rings true to me is that um, Bill Cooper. I, I know that you and I have talked about him before, mm-hmm. and um, he talks about in his writings. and And he was he was um, naval intelligence, so he got to see a lot of classified stuff and leaked a lot of classified stuff, but that was already, you know, quasi declassified, so he could, you know, show the public. And he talks about his firsthand experience with aliens, and he also talks about how – now, this is not me saying this. Everybody's an old thing. I'm some – whatever. But um, he said that there was a secret meeting with um, with the uh, Americans and other high-level um, diplomats from all around the world back in the 50s. And he said mm-hmm. that if you go and research you know, the date and time, they basically shut the base down for you know whatever time it was. I think it was like three days. 
And so the aliens came, they landed, they had a meeting, and at the end of the meeting, they left, and basically exactly what you said happened, happened. Is there like, basically the aliens probably came here and said, listen, you guys are going to destroy yourselves, you're acting like a bunch of children, you know, we're going to give you this technology, but you're not ready for it yet. And I think that that's what all these visitations are, if you believe in alien visitations, which I do. I 100% do, because once again, I subscribe to... It's kind of like the big sky theory if you fly planes, and everybody that flies planes knows what I'm talking about, is that if I fly my plane at 10,000 feet from here to Alabama, I shouldn't have to radio everybody you know, on, on the way there because the odds of somebody flying at 10,000 feet from Alabama to here on the exact same trajectory and going to run into me are so so small and minute that it don't even worry about it. So it's kind of like the big universe theory to me. It's like if if we're here, then obviously as big as the universe is, somebody else has got to be somewhere else. That's the way that I would see it. But um, getting back to my point is that, you know, they probably come and visit us and say, well, you know, these kids are still playing in the sandbox. They're waiting for us to build the sandcastle, man. But we keep moving it around and we keep sticking like little sticks in the ground to make to make missiles or bombs or something. They're like, God, these guys are still trying to do this stuff. This is ridiculous. So I do think that that in order for us to make the next evolutionary leap, that we're either going to have to – and I know this sounds absolutely crazy because this is like the singularity. We're either going to have to have some kind of interface with computers or we're going to have to get visited by aliens and everybody can drop their – their um, religious or extremely um, closed-off religious connotations to what life really is. And it's not that I'm anti-religion, everybody. I think that if something like that happens, you're going to have so many people that are going to have... There's so many people will have fractured egos that they're going to go and go... They're going to basically turn and go, well, what do we do now? Everything I've believed is a lie. And it's kind of like, well, hey, if you've lived in America for the last 30 years, everything that you have heard is a lie. So... Get used to it, you know? Let me clarify something. I am anti-religious. As a Christian, I am anti-religious, and I'll tell you why. Because religion has absolutely destroyed faith, mm-hmm. the reality of the Christian faith, of what Christ had came here and planned to do. So I am absolutely 100% anti-religious. Oh, you mean the secular churches that we have with the 501c3s and all that stuff? Like, oh, it's funny that you bring that up. I played the um, the clip of um, the the clergy response team right before you came on, and in the clip they talk about um, how the that um, Romans 13 says that that uh, the government is of the Lord because the Lord created man and man created, you know, or the Lord created government. So you have to do what government says. And it's like, no, you skipped a part. The Lord created man, man created government, not that government created men. It's just so silly. <laughs> but that's the argument that they use and the masses will follow it because I think that, you know, I talked about this at the very beginning of the podcast. It's like, Humans will always take the easiest path, and it just that comes from our survival instincts from you know thousands of years ago. You know, just being able to to eat the right berry and not die. It's like, oh, you know, I saw Bob eat that berry, and Bob's dead, and I ate this berry, and I'm alive, so this must be the berry to eat. I'll continue to eat this berry until I find another one that doesn't kill me, right? So we run in these crazy circles, and now we're running into this circle that 
that we're going to run into a struggle of what do we do with this new technology? Obviously, we know what government's going to do with it. They're going to spy on us. They're going to track us. They're going to put us in the database. They're going to try to manipulate the data because whoever controls the data can control the outcome. You can basically steer it. Look at humans as little ants, basically. Mm-hmm. You look at us as little ants, and if you can direct – I mean, everybody's done this. You know, you knock over an ant pile or something, or you see a bunch of ants in a line, and they're going – you know, going to wherever they're going. We'll just use a stupid analogy. They're going to a picnic, and they come back on that same line. Well, if you move the picnic basket, the ants are going to still walk in a line. They're still going to go to the basket, and they're still going to come back. But you've basically changed the course of what they're doing. You've changed that that actual reality for those ants. And that's what I'm terrified of is that this government is doing, not only our government, but governments around the world, and using corporations and stuff like that to to manipulate human behavior. And that's not what the human experience should be. It shouldn't be, let's see who can get the most data and manipulate the most people and make the most money. That shouldn't mm-hmm. be what it's about, but that's what we've turned into, especially here in America. And I'm and I'm I'm very sad to see it come to this, but it's we have a a splintering society where you have people that cling to the the falsities and the and the materialism and the status and all this stuff that comes from comes from these materialistic things that the society teaches us. Now, one of the things that my wife and I were talking about before we I came on air, and you, you'll be able to appreciate this, is that there's a woman that started a um, she started a picture blog, and the picture blog is of people of women that just had babies, right? Yeah. And just showing what a natural woman should look like. This is, you know, this is how things are going to be um this is how things are going to progress and this is what you're going to look like and this is what real women look like. Because we get so distorted in what we see from Madison Avenue, from all of these other, you know, outlets and, you know, pop culture and Lady Gaga and all these things that they sell us that this is what this is what you should strive for. And it's never anything good. It's always the the women are very skinny, so it makes women inferior. It's like my friend and I always talked about in college. You just you just sell the insecurities. Women always think they're fat, and guys don't want to have a limp dick. So it's like you always sell skinny stuff to you know women, and you sell the dick pills to men. That's just the way it works. And you know, look at Cialis. I mean, look at Cialis. Look at you know all these other companies that have made you know thousands of dollars on this stuff or millions of dollars on this stuff. And it just mm-hmm. and then they feed the insecurities through the propaganda and it's turned our society into a group of just weirdos. We are. Americans yeah. are very odd. So I mean what would you say to that, other than the fact that you, you can go on the record and say you don't take dick pills, that's fine. I don't think that what? <laughs> you don't take dick pills, that's fine. You can go on the record and say that you're not on Cialis, that's fine. Oh no, without a doubt. No, I think you know <laughs> Well, I mean Look what look at look at what they've been doing for decades. I mean, uh, just killing the society up like crazy. I mean, I don't look, man. It, it's all one. Look, I watch sports. Okay, mm-hmm. I watch. See, sports that's you, that's decades. your outlet, and my outlet is um my outlet's video games. So yeah, everybody's gonna have an outlet. You and me, exactly. But you and me have an outlet, but we also pay the hell attention, mm-hmm. and, and we don't just pay attention to what some news organization is telling us. We actually research, you know, mm-hmm. we go beyond what's being told us to get the truth. And mm-hmm. I, I, I would like to think that if enough people did that, this place would be a lot better, regardless of the state. It would be a lot better to live in. 
you know, as, you know, as a philosophical anarchist, I, I just think that it, at some point things were, you know, if we could get, if we could hold them accountable and we could, you know, keep them buttoned down and keep them from growing, I think things would be a lot better. But I think you should always work towards a state of society, you know. Oh, I absolutely, think, uh, absolutely. No, it's just yeah. like I, I believe that, you know, restoring the Constitution is just the beginning. And that's what I tell people a lot. And they're like, well, what do you believe? Are you libertarian, conservative, Republican? I'm like, I'm not anything. Listen, I'm a free human being. <laughs> and what I understand is that is that those, you know, those labels that you just gave to me are, are ways to put you in a, a box and say that, these people believe these core values. These people believe these core values. And, and there's always exceptions to the core values for me because it's like, do I believe in abortion? No. Do I believe in abortion if it's going to kill the mother and the, and the child? That one's a tough one. Yeah, sure. I mean, save somebody's life. It's a human and, you know, whatever. You're not going to kill two human beings just because you want to be, you know, morally correct, I guess. I guess you could if you want, but... <laughs> But once again, it's it's so much more of a difficult argument than than what society makes it. Society makes it you're either on the red team or you're on the blue team. You're on the green team or you're on the black team, and and it doesn't work like that. And I think that that's why people gravitate towards sports so much, and I think that that's why a lot of fights and stuff start out and you know you know start out after football games and stuff like that. Believe me, I I've been to enough college football games, been to enough pro games. I've seen what happens afterwards. You get a bunch of men all hopped up on testosterone because they just watch their team win, and they see somebody in a in a um, you know a, a fellow human being in different colors, and they go completely tribal on them. It's like that they've been transported back to you know medieval times where it's like, oh, you're flying you're flying the f- flag of of Lord Johnson. Well, I'm not you know for Lord Johnson, so I'm going to kill you. It's kind of that thing. But all that aside, I think that. Um, you know, a stateless society would be the greatest thing, and I think that we're we're going to eventually get there with the technology that we have. As long as some really cataclysmic event doesn't happen, I think that mm-hmm. we'll slowly but surely get there because eventually there, you're not going to be able to hide anywhere. There's not going to be any more. I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast, and I love that guy to death because he's just he has a very elegant way of putting it. Is that if you had a totally transparent society where nobody could lie, then then it's over. You don't have to worry about government because nobody's going to lie. It's like it'd be like if if government if if government officials got paid on the amount of um, on the amount of good laws that they pass, they would all be broke because they're all passing laws to either get themselves reelected. Because if you don't know people, the whole deal with Washington, the reason those guys are a bunch of crazy lunatics. Is because their whole thing is once they get into office and taste the sweet goodness of how cool it is to be a senator or a republic or a representative, mm-hmm. they want that again, and they will do anything it takes to get that again. And they know that their competition is going to do it. So what you have to do is like you know, like Matthew said, you have to make it less relevant for people that are in you know that position to have an influence. So you know, one of the easy ways that I think is. Term limits, that's obviously the easiest way to do it. You do term limits. I say two terms for a senator, that's 12 years, and three terms for a representative in the House. If you can't get your stuff done in 12 years, man, 
Life sucks. I mean, look at Ron Paul. He sat in there for 30 years. All he did was say no to everything. Never got anything done, but he did some good work for the people. And he's obviously the mm-hmm. exception to the rule. You take somebody like Nancy Pelosi or you know, Dianne Feinstein, and all they do is talk to the quote-unquote freshman about, I've been here for years, and I know how this place works. Well, maybe it shouldn't work like that. Maybe it shouldn't work to where you get around and start bossing people around just because you've been there for longer. Go ahead. Well, you, you want to know how to really make a change in this country to really get people to to start working to make a difference. Yeah, tell them that football. Tell them that football is going to go on strike if they don't do something about the government. Stop paying. Tell them that there will be no there will be no more no. football ever if if you don't get out in the streets and protest the government. No, no, you stop paying the politicians altogether. You stop. You don't yeah, allow them. Then to, it would be a completely voluntaristic. Um, yeah, then you would get the people that only want to do Yeah, yeah, you would only get the reluctant leader. You would not get the. Uh, you wouldn't get the, the, the guy that's just looking in and then you would get paid by the lobbyists to get paid to do. Right, nothing. and I think that's the, uh, that's the whole key. That's the whole key is just not not the salary. I don't really give a flying rip about this. The salary. That's what. Pay pay them a hundred grand a year, two hundred grand, whatever. That's fine. Just don't let these lobbyists come in and swoop in and you know give them checks for fifty and sixty grand to their quote unquote campaign fund. I'll tell you the reason why it would shrink. Government would shrink if you stopped paying them, and in turn things would get done. I'll tell you why. Because they'd want to spend less time there and more time at home in their businesses that would fail if they had to spend nine, ten months in Washington D.C. So if if you gave them no incentive to be there. They'd want to get there. They want to get the stuff done, and they'd want to get back home mm-hmm. to make the business the real in the real business money. In so the you real would business. basically you would basically return it to the way that this country was founded, and that there were no career politicians. It was just the best and the brightest from your community or town or who you thought was going to be mm-hmm. the best leader would go up there and for three months would sit there during the summertime, make a few laws, and then come back and, and start their business again. Correct? Exactly. No, I, I think that's a very that's a very astute that's a very astute observation. Now, what here's a here's a really good question: What do we do about media, about mainstream media in particular that that has been caught lying to the public, that has been caught fomenting wars because of their lies? I mean, what I think of all the people, and I have people that I'm friends with that work at CNN because once again I live in Atlanta. I think of all the people that should be held accountable for what's going on in this country and in this society. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the people that are the record execs, the people that are the, the big-time movie execs, and the people that are just, you know, just like I said, the people that are running the mainstream media outlets because at the end of the day, the program director gets to say what goes on and what doesn't. I mean, the people that write the stories, you could have one of the best and this is probably what's going on in a lot of these in a lot of these mm-hmm. outfits, is they're like, Holy crap, we're getting scooped by everybody. I mean, you know, look at what InfoWars came out with this thing and now Glenn Beck's talking about it and now now you know, now we got Fox News talking about it. How come we can't scoop these people? And it's because they they want to stay far enough away. They're too afraid to do real journalism. Because they want to catch like they want to catch the wave and then squash it is what I'm seeing. I, it's like with the Snowden Jay, stuff. Yeah, go ahead. I got an answer for you. It's a real simple answer. 
You want to? Oh, you God. want the mainstream media to actually do the damn job? Yeah, hit me. Get the F. Get rid of the FCC. <laughs> Who runs the FCC? Who runs the FCC? No. Who I runs the FCC? Simple, simple answer. Who runs it? The government. CIA. Yeah, I knew the Who's CIA, but the CIA. government, yeah, CIA, yes, of course. Yeah. So if you get rid of the people who are controlled by the government out of the control of the people who run the mainstream media, mm-hmm. guess who will probably start doing their job with no fear? But I don't understand what the cowardness is about. I mean, what what about what about what happened to the, the, the journalist out in you know in California that that you know calls WikiLeaks attorney and says, I'm being followed Sends a cryptic email to all of his friends. I'm in danger. I think the FBI is after me. You know they've been they've been stalking me. I gotta go. I'm going into hiding. And then his car blows up. And then nobody talks about it. Nobody. Fox News did one segment on it where they interviewed the uh, the friend, and he's like, he's like, well, I don't want to you know sound too out there. She's like, well, the tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists are saying this might be a government hit. What do you say? It's like tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists. Bitch, did you see what happened in the man's car? Did you see where the engine block was? You explain that to me. And it, it gets very frustrating for somebody like myself because that is what we're trying to to do is is combat that. We're trying to combat somebody in a million dollar studio with with makeup and lipstick on who has been trained how to read a teleprompter, who's been trained how to do pouty lips, who's been trained how to have the same pentameter for each for each segment that they do. If you ever notice, like when you watch local news segments, and this is something to take away for everybody, when you watch local news segments, just watch the way that the people deliver the news. It's the same pentameter every time. It's the same tempo. It's the same cadence every time. And they can make it seem like somebody's guilty even if they're not. Like if you watch that show, The First 48, I love that show because – it shows how the judicial system really works, and then they always spin it that the guy is the criminal, and we're going to get him. we got the suspect, and we're going to question him, and it's like, he was arrested. We got him, and at the very end of the show, he's like, he was let go and not tried. Like false well, there's, there's, there's another way to, to really deal with the FCC, or not the FCC, the mainstream media, mm-hmm. is do it like Robert and I have been trying, trying to do, what we've been trying mm-hmm. to prop up. This mm-hmm. is a journalistic revolution where we mm-hmm. get we flood the market with their truth mm-hmm. with alternative media and basically mm-hmm. make it impossible for them to lie because the, the truth is out there so prevalent, mm-hmm. people have no choice but to pay attention to it. And that's a, that's a great way to fight them, too. And, you, and it's so crazy. Like, as soon as you learn about all this stuff and as soon as you... I, I think that awake is very is a very overused broad term because people are like, I'm awake to the Illuminati. It's like you ain't awake to the Illuminati, dude. You read like two books. I mean, come on, like don't give me this stuff. Like I kind of know what's going on, and I don't pretend to be this omniscient, you know, character yep. that knows everything and about you know, what the global agenda is. All I know is that stuff's effed up, right? And I hey, know me, me, a couple of reasons why. So that's what that's all I can do, and I can point you in a direction and say, "Here's what I think's effed up. Do you think this is effed up too? We should do something about it." Go ahead. Well, let me let me clarify what I mean by awake. Okay, when I say awake, I mean people who no longer believe in the God. narrative, the 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 fairy tale, the um, the American dream, the 
the yeah. whole lie, the whole lie that you've been sold your whole life, and everybody's like, it's a really cynical way to look at it. No, it's just real, man. Being just be real with yourself. Be real with yourself. Is yeah. your is your goal in life to go sit? Now, the greatest video I've ever seen. I'll send you the link after the show. The greatest video I've ever seen was um oh my gosh I'm gonna lose this guy's name because he gets I get him conflated with this other dude but um anyway he he was a very he was a very eloquent speaker back in the 50s and 60s and he ended up dying in the early 80s but he talks about how you're sold this thing when you're a kid that you're going to go to elementary school and then once you get done with elementary school you're going to go to middle school and then you're going to go to high school and then you know this this great achievement is coming and then you're going to get into college and it's coming and it's coming and then you get through graduate school and then you get a job as an insurance salesman and you work your way up and it's coming and it's coming and he goes all the way to the top floor and he's sitting in the CEO's office and he's like and then you realize that it was all just a dream that you missed the entire point, and the point was the ride. Like it's mm-hmm. very funny how people always get demonized for talking about how life is just a ride. Enjoy it. It's like anybody that lives that life. Like um, w- one of my favorite comedians that I used to that I used to love watching was um, Bill Hicks. With, yeah, Bill Hicks, because that's what he would talk about. Life is just a ride, and he would mm-hmm. get so much flack for that. Because he would point out, just like George Carlin would, he would point out how absurd these things are. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, George Carlin said, the first thing I do is never, he goes, the way I live my life, number one, I never believe anything my government tells me. <laughs> That's rule number one. Yeah. But America is, hey, here's here's something for you. In this kind of creepy Twilight Zone that, now you grew up around the same time I did, so you remember like Red Dawn and all those movies about how the Ruskies were going to come and get us and stuff, and you remember yeah. the propaganda about how bad the Ruskies were about. Now, this is what I heard on once again on Rogan's podcast when he was interviewing this um, guy that ran for Congress, and they're very very bright individuals. And he said, you know, everything that we learned about what the communists did and about how corrupt that nation was and how crazy they were and how mean they were to their people. Everything that we used to talk about them doing is what America does to its citizens. They spy on their citizens. They have secret police. They have secret arrests. They try to take their guns. They don't let them have free speech. They kill journalists. They, they you know, they tap the phones. I mean, everything that we learned about authoritarianism and put, you know, a hammer and a sickle on it is exactly what this nation does, and we don't see it. And the majority of the population doesn't see it. I think that. Once the new Snowden thing comes uh, out, or, uh, the, well, yeah, go ahead. Then, then you hear, well, if you don't love this country, you say all that stuff. Then you hear from, well, if you don't love this country, just get out. And I'm like, really? Yeah, I would. You know what? What is this? You know what is? Then the next question I would have for them is, what is America to you? What is America? Football and beer. If it's football and beer, then go to you know go to Spain. They have football and beer there. I mean. Don't be so narrow-minded. But anyway, that that's a that's one, <laughs> that's basically preaching to the absurdity. But yeah. Anyway, I got um, dude, we got like five minutes left. What the heck? Where did the time go? Um, here, what do you, what are what's front and center on your mind, man? I've got a couple of articles here, but um, here's here's an interesting one for you posted on July first, which was yesterday. Check this out. EU accuses 13 banks of derivatives collusion. 
Hmm. Does that shock you in the least? 13 of the biggest banks. Now, the EU is – here, I'll, I'll read you the first. It's not very long. The EU accuses 13 banks of derivatives collusion. Yeah, no kidding. It says EU investigators accused the top 13 banks, including Barclays, Deutsche Bank, Goldman Sachs on Monday, of colluding overall derivatives trading in a new move to tighten banking standards. Which is ridiculous because they don't give a flip about the banking standards. I mean, John Corzine steals a billion dollars. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. I have one, I have one question. Do they have, can they plead the fifth? No, they, and, they're not going to plead. They're not going to plead the fifth. They're just going to get like John Corzine and get up in front and say, "I don't have my records in front of me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I don't know. I don't know." Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're going to get. So. But that's amazing that they're actually and, – and I've heard rumblings about this. So it might be the interesting – what might be interesting is that you're probably having all these factions like the World Bank and the IMF and the EU. There are probably some really good people in there. And then, of course, you've got the complete criminals that are in there just to further their business endeavors. It's not there about policy or anything like that. They're just trying to figure out how they can shut down their competition and make bigger profits. I mean that mm-hmm. that racket's been going on for forever. I mean, look at the look at the robber barons that set up the United States. That's the first thing. That, what, what's his name? Um, that's the first thing Vanderbilt did. He's like, I'm going to shut off the railroad going into New York. How about that? How you like them marbles? <laughs> like, gah! What are we going to do? Like, I own the only railroad coming in here. So what are you going to do? It's like, uh, we'll do anything you want. It's the same kind of deal. It's the same tactic. Humans do the same things over and over again. But I think that what you're going to see is is eventually all these things are going to start coming out. And at what point the American public wakes up and takes to the streets, I say never. I say, you know, if you didn't take to the streets where you had people in militarized tanks with full-on riot gear, pointing machine guns at people, yanking them out of their house, telling them to put their hands up, if you don't riot about that, we're destined to be slaves here. Not me personally, but you guys, whoever you are, are definitely destined to be slaves. I I disagree. Okay, go ahead. Because no, I mean I don't really have any. I don't know if I have like a real answer mm-hmm. to back it up, but I, I just I disagree. I think that. Uh, you think that Americans will find their balls eventually? I, I I not anytime soon, but I think that at a point where they start rolling tanks down people's streets, I think Americans will find their balls. I think it's too late by then. But, I really do. No, I think it, I think that it's is, too late. Dude, they already well, rolled takes out of parades and stuff. I, all right, go ahead. I'm going to let you talk, and then let I'm going to give you what. All right, go ahead. Because it, if, it, if it came down to a tyrannical government versus what happened up in Boston, which they were just searching for one guy, if it came down to a tyrannical government where they were uh, trying to uh, terrorize the citizens and martial law, I mm-hmm. think the I think, for one, the military would take the side of the people. And I think the military would fight, and I think that would <laughs> cause an uprise and a surge in anger. Uh, and I think that's now, see, the you're, why you're, I think, now let's go ahead and preface this: you're former military, correct? Yeah. Okay, so you're speaking from a a sense of what goes on. I granted you've been out of the out of service for a while, but so you mm-hmm. think that. Is that why they're trying to bring in foreign troops? Is because they know that the American military won't go along with it? They won't go along with the takeover that they're going to have to bring in? I mean, because that came out in the news today that they that um, 
the Russian nationals. Of course, we knew that a couple, you know, that came out back in May that Russian nationals were training with American citizens. I covered that on my show last year, and everybody's like, "Oh, whatever, that ain't happening." Well, now they're now they're saying, "Yeah, they're going to be running checkpoints at you know, at sporting events, and they're going to be." So what what do we do there? I mean, wh- why do you think that the American public will not? I mean. Michael Savage is talking about it on his show. His audience is humongous. That's a great step in the right direction. But what? Why can't? Why can't CNN talk about that? Why can't Rachel Maddow talk about that? Why can't somebody like that talk about it? Because for some odd reason, if you're sitting in a flashy and you're on cable television, for some reason, mm-hmm. that instantly adds credibility to whomever you are. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But, you know, people that I find credible are people that do either predictions that come true or people that that give breakdowns that when they give all of their documentation, when I go and look at it, it's all there. You know, I don't uh, I don't want to get into Alex Jones anymore, but his predictions are pretty solid. Gerald Salente's predictions are pretty solid. So they're that little core group of people is pretty solid for the amount of you know predicting that they do. They do a pretty fair job. But you know, you look at you look at some of these paid stooges for Fox News and CNN and stuff. They're just getting up there to just basically toddle around the subject. So, is there any way that we could get the mainstream media to cover something like that? That that we're having that we're having joint you know Russian and American soldiers um, running checkpoints. Is that something that that would get their attention? Do you think that we could get them to cover it if we push it out or force the meme enough? Like you're saying with the journalistic revolution, just flood the marketplace enough to let them know that um, that we're not going to stand for this anymore. The only way that happens, I think, is if one of those Russian soldiers harms an American citizen. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, that's that's fair, man. <laughs> that's fair. So I think All right, that's well, really the only way you see it. All right, I'm going to. Fake in the show right now, but you and I are going to go into overtime. But that is the end of the podcast for those of you listening on the Liberty Movement Radio and Liberty Express Radio. That's it for the show. Thanks for listening. Tune in on Tuesday of next week. I'm taking 4th of July off to go protest the federal government and also spend time with my family and talk about how blessed I am to live in this free nation that we have. So thanks to my friend Matthew Dalton for coming on board. I almost called you Robert again. But uh, thanks for Matthew on the journalistic revolution coming on board, and we'll see you guys on the next side. All right, that's it, man. All right, so let's continue here. <laughs> so you think that the only thing well, not, that would not ever too much longer? I, I, not no, too, no, no, too no, no, no. I'm going to wrap it up. I just want you to get your final thoughts and get your plug in, and then I'm I'm going to go ahead okay. and you know we're going to go ahead and sign off. So go ahead. What's um? So your final thoughts is that the only way that 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 would get national attention is that if a Russian transplanted soldier that's actually helping with some kind of riot control or screening or something, mm-hmm. you know, knocks down an American citizen or something or, or absolutely, you know, violates their rights. Well, it depends. Okay. Well, let me, let me kind of change my answer a little bit. Sure. Um, sure. I think that the possibility of them being here and in like our nation's capital might get national attention alone. Mm-hmm. However, I think if it's going to get, if it doesn't that way, it'll definitely take to hurting somebody, an American citizen, for it to get national attention. 
if it has national attention, the only way it's going to get national outrage is if a Russian soldier hurts an American citizen. Yeah, I, that's that's a really good synopsis, man. I think that's pretty much spot on. I mean, uh, you'll have grumblings of people that'll be upset, but then mm-hmm. you know, then you'll have yeah. people that that's not national outrage. <laughs> no, it's not national outrage. You're exactly right. You'll have people that'll be upset with it, be like, "Oh, that's not cool. Why we got the Russians here?" Blah blah blah. Hey, how many weeks till football? Oh, all right, cool. I just want to make sure. <laughs> and and uh, they'll go back to living their lives, and that's fine. But um, mm-hmm. I think the overarching, you know, conversation that we had today. Thanks for coming on for so long, too, man. I only played like two audio clips. I'm pretty pretty proud of myself. I didn't have to really do a lot of filling. But yeah, well, uh, I think the, <laughs> we got two long-winded people. That kind of makes for good radio. Hey, so why don't you, Matthew? Matthew, I'm not going to give your last name out. Of course, you're more than welcome to if you want. Just uh, plug your stuff, plug how you guys are trying to make a difference, and uh, give your site out, your e, your Twitter, if you guys have Twitter, all that stuff. So, where can people find your work? Well, my name is Matthew Dalton. I don't mind my last name being out there. You can find me okay. at. Uh, www.journalisticrevolution.com. We air three nights a week on Liberty Movement Radio. Uh, what we want from people and what we're doing is just more people getting out there and getting involved. Uh, if you've got an article you've written you want it published, send it to us. If you've got a video, get out there with a video camera and uh, send us as much information as possible. We're always looking for people with content. And, you know, This is strictly if you don't have a filter to deliver it. If you have a filter, get it going. Make sure the truth is out there. Uh, get the truth out there and uh, make it difficult for them to lie to us. Absolutely. And film cops every chance you get, people. And I, if they come over and I say, you know. Yeah, go ahead. I bought, I bought a shirt at Pork uh, Fest because I record cops. And it's got the little red circle, the REC in red in the, in the, <laughs> in the parentheses. And it says, I record cops. And on the back, it says, shiny badges don't grant extra rights. And then I bought the... Um, oh, the, i got to be able to find the, that on TV. I mean, on the internet. i got to find that shirt. Well, I'm going to cutblock.org. Um, and they also, they had these badges these, that were actually um, uh, copied almost like the Keen Boost badge. Mm-hmm. And it says, shiny badges don't grant extra rights. They were numbered to 100. And last I checked, they were thinking about going up to 200. And oh, wow. I got one of those as well. I got it pinned <laughs> to my end of that hat. Uh, we're such thought criminals, man. I mean, heaven forbid, heaven forbid, we want, we want liberty, freedom. Get and here was my here was my plea at the very beginning of the show because you missed it unless you were listening. My very beginning of the show, my plea was, can we just start by taking off the black uniforms? Can we just start there? I mean, the fact that you guys act like the Stasi is one thing, but being dressed like them is really putting me into some kind of vortex where I feel like I've been through this situation before, and I didn't like the outcome. So I just, you know, I I, I don't think that we need division between the cops and and the citizens because that's what they're they're calling us as they're calling us. What are they? What's the oh civilians is what they like to call us like what the hell you're a civilian too dumbass you're just a deputized you're just deputized law enforcement you went to special training you got deputized and then you get a badge yippee they're just men in costumes man that's all they are 
I know, That's man. But it's now so like this, I picked this button up while I was there and I think I paid a dollar fifty for it. And it says in black bold print, guilty of independent thought. Oh, thought crime. I mean maybe I should maybe maybe I should make a mug that says I am a thought criminal. And hey, and then just put it, and then just put on the back of the mug and just put on the back put like little bullet points, be like I believe that we shouldn't have a private bank loaning our government money. I believe blah blah blah. And just and do just like bullet points for the libertarian movement. And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Have a have a bunch of things made up, original, something about being a thought criminal. Mm-hmm. We are not cattle, and bring it to pork trucks and sell it, man. Oh, there we go. That is the ultimate yeah. thought crime because I wouldn't pay taxes on it, nor would I claim it. Hi, government. Hi. That is complete thought crime right there. That is complete thought crime. Well, thanks so much for joining us, man. I appreciate, always appreciate thanks the insight. And you guys do great work over there. So, you know, it's been sure. a, it's been an absolute pleasure, and um, love talking to you, man. Love talking to another liberty lover out there trying to make the world a better place. So, thanks for listening. This is the actual end of the podcast, everyone. Thanks for listening. Catch me on WeAreNotCattle.net. You can also go to the YouTube channel WeAreNotCattleTV. And you can also follow me on Twitter at We Are Not Cattle, the number one. That is We Are Not Cattle, the number one. So thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, love, liberty, freedom. Get a friend. Get informed and get involved. And I'll see you guys on July 4th out in front of the Capitals. Godspeed, everyone. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.